Now, usually at this juncture in the service, I would dismiss the children, but not this Sunday. This Sunday is special. It's our Christmas worship service. So the kiddos are going to stay with us. And I have a question for the kids in the room, those old enough to answer. Are you excited about Christmas? You can answer out loud. Yes. I hear some adults answering yes, too. Does it feel like you've been waiting a long time for Christmas to finally get here? Yes, somewhat. See, that feeling, that feeling that you feel while you're waiting for Christmas, I'm going to teach you a big word here, is called anticipation. Okay? So kids in the room say anticipation. Okay, I heard a couple of them. Pretty good. Pretty good. Okay. okay, Randy, that one's for you. Randy gives me a hard time for using words in the service that he thinks they're made up. So I'm going to start teaching the children now words that are a little bigger than their usual vocabulary. It's good, the anticipation that we feel heading into Christmas every year, especially as kids, because I think it connects us with the truth of the real Christmas. Because when Jesus came, it was after hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years of anticipation. Can you kids imagine if you had to wait hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years for Christmas to come? You'd be dead. It'd be terrible. God's people had waited for hundreds of years, centuries, for the fulfillment of prophecy, for the Messiah to come, for the the one who was going to come and make everything right. They waited. And while they waited, God spoke to his people through prophets. One of those prophets' name was Isaiah. I want to read to you what he wrote in his book called Isaiah, and it's in chapter 9. And keep in mind that this was written over 700 years before Jesus' birth. This is one of the reasons why we believe in Jesus Christ as the Messiah. Because all these things that God promised hundreds of years earlier, he fulfilled them. It came true. My kids want to know what they can do after dinner, if they can have screen time after dinner a couple hours before dinner, and I can't tell them because I don't know what the situation is going to be after dinner. It might be midnight by the time we get done with all the homework and everything. I can't even tell them a few hours what's going to happen. God told us hundreds of years in advance what would happen with Jesus Christ. So listen to Isaiah chapter 9, verses 2 through 7. He writes, The people who walked in darkness... Have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shone. So he's he's foreshadowing what it's going to be like when Christ comes. You have multiplied the nation. You have increased its joy. They rejoice before you, as with joy at the harvest, as they are glad when they divide the spoil. For the yoke of his burden and the staff for his shoulder. The rod of his oppressor, you have broken as on the day of Midian. For every boot of the trampling warrior in battle tumult, and every garment rolled in blood, will be burned as fire, as fuel for the fire. And this is the main verse we're going to focus on today, verse 6. For to us, a child is born, to us, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Of the increase of his government and of peace, there will be no end. 
on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish it and to uphold it with justice and with righteousness from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this. Now, I'd like you to pray with me that the Lord would help settle this truth about Jesus into our hearts as we move toward Christmas. Would you bow with me? Father, thank you for giving us your word, your miraculous word. Thank you for giving us this prophecy. Thank you for how it strengthens our faith in Jesus Christ. Lord, you promised that your word would never go forth without accomplishing its purposes. Please use your word this morning in our hearts and in our lives. Please speak to us and change us and draw us near to you through Jesus. In whose name we pray. Amen. Thank you. So we went to a wedding recently. It was our cousin, Emily, and she got married to a guy named Josh. And um, there at the wedding and the reception and the rehearsal dinner and all that, there's tons of people there that I didn't know. But I knew that they were all there for Emily and Josh. So the common question to ask is, how do you know Emily and Josh? And they'd say, I'm a co-worker, or I'm a friend, or I'm a family member. Now, we're all here for Jesus Christ, theoretically. I know sometimes we come to a Christmas service because that's traditionally what we do. But theoretically, we're all here for Jesus Christ. And I want to ask you, and I want you to consider, how do you know Jesus? How do you know Jesus? Because some people know him as a sort of a character from childhood stories that their, their mother or their grandmother used to read to them at night or their Sunday school teacher used to read to them at night. Some people know Jesus as a comforting myth that we celebrate. Some people know Jesus as this distant religious figure. We know he's important, and, but he's distant. He's not really attached to our everyday life. Some people know him as their savior. Some people know him as their Lord. Some people know him as God with us. And this morning, I hope that you know him as your savior and as your Lord and as God with us. But I want to highlight a facet of him that we don't often think about this time of year. But I think it'd be helpful for us. It's something I prayed my way into as I prepared for the sermon. And I think this is what the Lord wants to say to us this morning. I want to highlight the fact that he is wonderful counselor. I want to read to you again Isaiah 9, just verse 6. Famous verse, you probably have it on a coffee mug or something. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulder, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. I really want to zero in on his title as Wonderful Counselor this morning. What first comes to your mind when you hear the term counselor? For me, I think of modern counselors, sort of clinical, specialized, professional counselors, maybe like a a legal counsel or psychological, psychiatric counselors or marriage and family counselors, or even a guidance counselor at a school. Now, when Isaiah wrote this, they didn't have those sorts of counselors per se. So we kind of strip that modern glaze off of the word counselor when we think of Jesus 
as wonderful counselor. In ancient Israel, the word counselor would have meant a more comprehensive guide, someone who was deeply wise, deeply understanding, deeply insightful. So Jesus is wonderful counselor. Counselors in ancient Israel would advise you, they would guide you, they would teach you, they would answer your questions, and most importantly, they would show you the way. Jesus is the wonderful counselor, the awesome advisor. I want us to know Jesus in his well-rounded, full glory this Christmas. He's the mighty God, he's the Prince of Peace, he's the everlasting Father, he's the wonderful counselor. But I don't want to detract from the fact that he's our Savior. So, just a sidebar here before we meditate on him as wonderful counselor. Jesus is our Savior. Christianity still is mainly about good news, not good advice. The core of Christianity is Jesus Christ came. He lived the life that we failed to live. He died the death that we deserved so that we could be forgiven and cleansed and adopted, brought into relationship with God. He did it. It's done. That's the good news, the gospel. That's the core of Christianity. And I don't want to detract from that by focusing on Jesus as wonderful counselor. I just want to highlight the fact that he didn't just save us. Jesus didn't only save us from our sins and then pick us up out of our sins and place us on solid ground and say, there, now do better. I don't want to have to come back and do this again. Goodbye. He picked us up out of our sins and set us on solid ground and then stays with us. Still our Savior, but also wonderful counselor. It would have been enough if he had just saved us too much even. But beyond that, he wants to be wonderful counselor to us. He wants to advise us. He wants to guide us. He wants to teach us. He wants to answer our questions. He wants to show us the way. Now, the full title is Wonderful Counselor. Not the Wonderful Counselor. It's like a name. Wonderful Counselor. This idea of wonder is a a big idea. It's more like what you would feel standing at the edge of the Grand Canyon than what you would feel after taking a sip of really good coffee. Well, that was wonderful. It's, It's weightier than that type of wonderful. I want to give you three quick reasons why Jesus is so wonderful as our counselor. Number one, Jesus counsels as the one who made us. Jesus gives us counsel, advice, guidance as the one who created us. John chapter one, verses one and two says, in the beginning was the word and the word was with God and the word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him. And without him was not anything made that was made. Jesus counsels us as the one who made us. Now I've got two little kiddos. They're sitting right there. And I get to drive them to school in the morning. And I love to listen to them talk. I just love to hear their conversation with one another. And it's, it's adorable because they're super clever, but they don't know everything yet. So sometimes the things they say can be kind of funny. And I think that God probably looks down upon us and even our, our wisest of human counselors. 
with the most initials behind their names and the most degrees, giving our dignified and wise counsel. And I wonder if he kind of laughs, if it's like children counseling children. Because we don't know that much. But he knows everything. We counsel one another as the created. He counsels as the creator. Even that stuff about you that you don't understand, he understands. You know, those compartments of your heart and your mind and your behavior that you can't even define or explain, he understands it. He created you. You were carefully knitted together in your mother's womb, and he was a part of that. And he wants to be your wonderful counselor. Now, the second reason Jesus is such a wonderful counselor is because he counsels as one of us. He counsels us as the one who created us, and he counsels as one of us. Hebrews 4.15 says, For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Do you ever just really wish people could feel what you're feeling for just a couple minutes so they could understand where you're coming from? You know, sometimes we'll have chronic fatigue or malaise or, or even physical ailments or emotional turmoil. And we can feel alone in that and we can feel as though people, there's no way to make someone understand. It's hard even to go to the doctor and get them to understand what's going on with you physically. It's much even more difficult for someone to understand what you're going through emotionally or mentally or circumstantially or relationally or in regard to temptation to sin or in regard to guilt. See, what we have in Jesus is not just a distant deity, a distant religious figure, but someone who came and knows exactly what it feels like to be one of us. So your stuff right now that you're dealing with as you enter Christmas He knows what that's like. That verse I just read says that he has been tempted in every way just as we are. Now, he didn't sin as we do, but he knows what the pressures are like of being human. He knows what you're going through, and he cares what you're going through, and he understands what you're going through. He knows what it would feel like to be a child. We celebrate Jesus' birth and he's a baby in a manger. He knows what all the, the trouble of childhood feels like. He knows what it feels like to lose loved ones. He knows what it feels like to have trouble with people. He knows. So he's not only wise because he's our creator, he's warm because he's one of us. There's nobody like Jesus Christ. There's no human counselor that can counsel as the one who made you. And there's no other religious figure who is God with us. There's no one like Jesus Christ. There's no counselor like wonderful counselor. But there's a third reason why Jesus is so wonderful as our counselor. And this is the one that gets at the heart of Christmas. And it's also the most difficult to wrap our minds around. He counsels as the one who made us. He counsels as one of us. And he is the counselor. He is the advice. He is the guidance. He is the understanding. He is the way. He is the truth. He is the life. 
John 14, 6, Jesus says, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. This is the mystery of the incarnation. I am not going to pretend that I fully understand how this can be. How God could be born as a human. Fully God, fully man, same time. We talked about that last week. I didn't solve the riddle last week. I'm not going to solve it this week either, but I believe it's true. He is the way. You know, I spend a lot of my time preaching and teaching and counseling. And I know, believe it or not, I do know some things about how to try to get information across to people. I know that that words are somewhat helpful. You can tell someone something. I know that visuals sort of kick it up a notch. You can show someone something. I know that example is that much better. You can demonstrate it for somebody. But Jesus takes it even to another level called incarnation. Where he doesn't just tell us what God is like and what the way is. And he doesn't just show us what God is like and what the way is. And he doesn't just demonstrate for us what God is like and what the way is. He does it for us. He becomes God with us. He becomes the way. So in a mysterious way, all the counsel that you need right now, you're not just going to hear it from Jesus or see it in Jesus. You're going to find it in Jesus. He is your way. He is your truth. He is your life. He is your counsel. Jesus is truly wonderful counselor. So I'm going to close with just an invitation for you. This Christmas, I know there's a lot going on. I know there's a lot of pressures. I know many of you have a lot of groceries yet to get and meals to cook and family schedules still to align for all the gatherings and presents to get and wrap and things to figure out and finances that are always haunting you in the back of your mind. Why am I spending so much? I don't have it. In all of that chaos... I want to invite you to really know Jesus this Christmas in his full glory. I want to invite you to get to know Jesus as your Savior and your Lord and wonderful Counselor. I want to invite you this Christmas to celebrate with an open heart and an open Bible and let him show you the way and more importantly, let him be the way. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for the glorious, mysterious, wonderful reality of Jesus Christ. It is too glorious for us. We cannot fully understand how glorious he is. But we know that he came to save us from our sins. We know that he came to be our king, our Lord. And thank you that we also know that he came to be our wonderful counselor. Let us not go through this Christmas celebrating Jesus as a mythical figure or a distant deity. Let us celebrate Jesus as God with us, all the way down here with us. Lord, let us celebrate Christmas following him as our wonderful counselor. For it's in his name we pray. Amen.